In December of 1980, U.S. military personnel stationed in England had multiple encounters with what is believed to be a UFO over a two-night period. Today, we discuss the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. We'll discuss what two higher-ranking, credible Air Force officers encountered on one night and what about 60 other military personnel encountered the next night. We'll also discuss the investigation that followed and the cover-ups that are believed to have taken place. Of all the UFO stories we've discussed, this one, no doubt, is the most credible. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Ram Her Sham was the latest video from Bang Bros, stick around. You're wrong. Apparently it's pronounced Rendlesham and it's a fucking UFO story. <sighs> this is Necronomapod or whatever. It's not Pornhub. Breaking news from Necronomapod. Go to Necronomapod.com right now. We got stickers available. What? Stickers available. No shit. I couldn't believe it either. They're pretty cool. I think they're pretty badass. I like them. They're selling like hotcakes. Get them while they last. (laughs) (laughs) They're selling okay. People love them. People have been asking for stickers for a long time. They have finally finally obliging them. Yes. So we have uh, new... Uh, to our apparel line, and this is the first the first thing not on Amazon, I guess. You just buy this straight from us off the website. Three pack of stickers. What do we got? We got the uh, the Necronomapod logo sticker. Yep. Which some people already have if they were ten dollar patrons, or if they were lucky trivia winners when they be well, well not lucky, but anyone's going to beat, beat you. Well, uh, we got the Ian, Mike, Dave, Cunning Linguists sticker, <laughs> <laughs> and we got a Mister Mugs fucking sticker. Who runs your fuck schedule? It's they're all badass. It's a three pack, so when you when you buy it and when you buy the uh, the set, you get all three of those. So just FYI for clarification, I think there was some confusion on that initially. You just get all three of those. Uh, Ten bucks. Yeah, they're cool. Not bad at all. Put them on your uh, favorite uh, growler or your coffee travel mug, or on your beer cooler, on your beer fridge. Put them on your stepmom's ass. We don't give yeah. a shit. Put them on just your boobs if you have a topless law on your. St- to community. Yeah. Put one on each titty. Be great. Walk around all night. <laughs> the mugs ones especially. Who runs your fuck schedule? That and the cunning linguists. Yeah, well, yeah. sure. Oh, that can go in the crotch. It's up to you. Hey, buyer's choice. Absolutely. We don't care. No rules come attached to them. Necronomapod.com. Stickers available. Go check them out. We'd appreciate it. And uh, there'll probably be more to come in the future. I think we got quite a few designs coming up for even shirts, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe some fleshlights. You know, whatever. Whatever we feel like. Yeah. Feel like we don't even have Ian here today. Ian, you with us today? <laughs> yeah. Here he is. <laughs> We're gonna do a necro dildo based. It's gonna have like be like Ian's the head, the shape of his head at the end of it. There you go. Perfect. You can fuck yourself with Ian whenever you want. And then and then if you make a joke, it giggles inside of you like Ian does, and it just fucking like vibrates into your you know that magical clip. You hit your G spot with it. It goes <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> oh, the Ian Dildo. <laughs> coming <laughs> coming soon to Necronomified. <laughs> oh, boy. We're celebrating Canada Day pretty well here. Oh, yeah. We're recording on Canada Day. I got a question for you guys before we get started. You guys have seen the movie The Purge. Of course you have, because I've seen it. Oh, I like The Purge. Yeah. So I'll ask both of you, if there was a purge. Yes. And there were no laws for 24 <laughs> hours, what three things would you do? You don't have to give me three. Give me, tell me some things. No laws, 24 hours, and after the fact, you cannot be charged. Mm. Um, I, I thought you were. Attempt to other steal than, as much beer and cigarettes as I possibly oh, that's can. nice. That's a good one. Oh, and you can't say kill me. <laughs> And then do a fucking show on my disappearance. <laughs> a fucking pee break killer. You ain't going to get me. I mean, I personally believe that there are some people in this world that the world could do without. But in 24 hour period, could you get to those people? Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> wow. He said that with confidence. <laughs> I don't want specifics. So we're going to leave it at that. We're talking hypothetically. Yeah. I'm not going to get charged with a felony over this, but hypothetically. Sure. No one fucking listens to the show anyways. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So Ian stealing beer and cigarettes. He's the fucking mob over here. He's going to sell him out of his back trunk. Hijacking. That'd be fun, huh? That'd be great. I'd hijack. Truck hijacking? Yeah. Take their license. We know where you live. You may know us, but we know who you are. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Conway. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, how about you? Would you drive over the speed limit or something crazy? No. <laughs> no, of course not. I guess I'd go pay off biggest guy I know who owned a gun, and I'd make him... Because I'm not going to handle a gun. Walk with me into a McDonald's <laughs> and tell them to give me all of their cheeseburgers right now or I'm going to be upset with you and I'll complain. And then, of course, they'll give me their patties. Guy wants to be the fucking Hamburglar. He can do anything he wants. He's the Hamburglar. I want the Hamburglar. <laughs> give me your fucking all of your quarter pounders with cheeses. And if you put a fucking onion on it, I'm going to push you hard. I'm going to shove you. I don't believe this for one second. It'd be more like, so what's, the, what's the guy's name? Um, I'll gladly pay you when the purge is over for a hamburger tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I'm with Ian. If I could, no fucking, no rules for 24 hours. I want all the beer. Give me all the beer. I don't want to hurt anybody. I mean, there's people that deserve to die. Let's call a spade a spade. People deserve to die. Some. Yeah. I'm not naming, sure they name. do. I'm not naming names. Maybe people think I deserve to. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically from the alternate universe that hosts the purge. You know, sure. I'm not talking realistically. Hypothetically, I'd steal a lot of alcohols. That'd what else I'd fun. do? What? I'd fucking break into swings and things and play a free round of putt putt golf, Dave. That's fucking badass. Yeah. Just to prep for the uh, Necronomapod golf, mini golf open mm. that we talked about in Gacy. Mm. You know what I'd do? I'd break into every mattress store in town and cut the tags off of every you mattress. You son of a bitch. You better not. That's crossing a line, pal. It's illegal. I thought you were going to say something like, I jerk off on all the mattresses. <laughs> I'm cutting the tags off. <laughs> You're lucky. You'd go to do that, jerk off on all the mattresses. You get to like three and then just pass out on a bed. <laughs> then the purge ends and you get arrested <laughs> for trespassing. You're still laying there. <laughs> Ian, you got anything else other than stealing beer and cigarettes and Red Bull, oh, yeah. probably? Yeah, I'd steal some Red Bulls for sure. Of course sure. you would. So Ian would do a lot of thievery. Mm. Yes, I would steal a lot of things. You wouldn't hurt anyone? You wouldn't attack anybody? Go bitch slap someone? Uh, I could think of a couple people that I would like to just <laughs> knock out hypothetically. That I what sucks for us, <laughs> though, <done> <laughs> what sucks for us, though, now with that is, that, like, 
we're how do I say this without sounding like a kind of arrogant piece of shit? We're we're a little bit more well known now than we used to be. So there are more people out there that want to slap us mm. than we want to slap. That's fair. Maybe not you two. Me, for sure. We read the reviews. Well, I'll be out purging, so you come find me. Well, you're the guy I'm going to go behind with a gun, and you're going to get me my Big Macs. So come on, Pally. I'll get you all the nuggets you want. You get the Big Macs. I get the quarter pounder with cheese. Split it down the middle. You can have all the onions. All right. So that's how we'd purge. I know. We're fucking badasses. We know. Yeah. Obviously. So what do we do? We went six weeks of doing our little government conspiracy and Ruby Ridge and Waco and all that. We dove right into Gacy. Yeah. Which is another three weeks. We need to do something different. Something fun. So we thought, let's do let's cover some fucking, you know, bang bros. And then we were misleading. (laughs) I thought we were gonna watch like do like a ride along and watch Ram Her Sham tonight. No. No. Ian tricked us. He did. Pulled the wool over our eyes. Rendell Sham. We always what the fuck do. is that? He at one at one time Ian told us that John Benet Ramsey would be a one part episode. <laughs> we saw how that turned out. Now this guy's telling us bang bros, and we're fucking talking about UFOs. Ian, let's uh let's dive in. This is a fun one. And and maybe the most credible, as as I said in the intro, maybe the most credible UFO story we've ever covered. Yeah. Well, he yeah, threw in UFOs, but it was supposed to be unidentified fifty orgasms, but that didn't turn pan out either. Mm. Sounds like a random night for me in college. <laughs> yeah, like you guys said, tonight we're going to be talking about the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. In 1980, the Cold War was still very much a serious thing. I tell you, boys, it was a crazy time. Crazy time, 1980. I believe yeah. you, Dave. <laughs> we wouldn't know. Interest rates, 15%. Peck smoke, 60 cents. Reaganomics, man. Good Reaganomics. Well, it was before Reaganomics, but... What year are we in? Oh, December 80. Getting what? close to Reaganomics. Reaganomics elect. Excuse me, Pally. Imagine that mortgage at 15% interest. So this was the Carter years. The end of the Carter years. Almost sure. picking up where, where we left off with Gacy when he met Rosalind Carter. Absolutely right. All right, we're derailing yeah. the story early on. I'm sorry. Sorry. U.S. hockey team won gold against the everyone Dude. else. I forget who they would be. Well, they beat Russia, and then I believe they beat... Sweden in the final? I don't remember. Norway? Is there Sweden or Canada? But Russia was the the, the, heavy the big goal. one. I think yeah. it was Canada they beat in the. Finals I remember watching that. Yeah, I don't. I was alive yeah. in that. I've seen year. Miracle with Kurt Russell. Sure, sure. Right, sorry, Ian. I derailed you on one sentence. Apologies. <laughs> Not even that. a sentence. I don't even think the poor guy got. <laughs> Ian, you might even want to just restart. <laughs> so the preceding year had seen the invasion of Afghanistan by the former Soviet Union. Both the U.S. and NATO allies were in a state of heightened tension. During this period, the British government, led by Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, had agreed to let the U.S. increase its military presence in the U.K. And unknown to most British, most of the British public, many of the big U.S. Air Force bases contained stockpiles of nuclear weapons. One of these bases was the Joint Royal Air Force and U.S. Air Force Base at Woodbridge and Bentwaters, located near the town of Ipswich in northeast England. Rendlesham Forest divided these two bases, and it was here that in the late evening and early morning of December 26th and 27th that one of the most credible UFO sightings began. Isn't it odd that all those all those people didn't know that the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the U.S. was stockpiling not stockpiling but housing nuclear weapons on their base on British soil? It's kind of crazy, right? Are you saying that you, didn't you asked- come out until like way later? Yeah, like they were just not aware of that. Yeah. Talk shit, get hit. 
<laughs> okay. What do you want from us? Over the two days of the UFO sightings, multiple high-ranking military guys saw the lights and witnessed something flying in the sky slash forest. However, the two guys that had up-and-close interactions with this thing was Jim Penniston and John Burroughs. Jim Penniston was a senior security officer that was in charge of the day-to-day base security, but mainly responsible for the wartime activities on the base, like the weapons. So this guy's not uh, just some low-level guy. This guy's in charge of security for nuclear weapons. So he's had some training, and he, he's, you know, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. And John Burroughs was an airman first class who eventually served in the Air Force for 27 years. He's essentially Paul Blart, mall cop. <laughs> is that what he is? Yeah. <laughs> On the night of December 26, 1980, John Burroughs saw strange red and blue lights off in the Rendlesham Forest while patrolling the east gate of Woodbridge. Because the lights looked like they were on top of each other and flashing on and off, his first thought was that it was coming from a downed aircraft. The report was called in and went through the chain of command, start- starting with Sergeant Bud Steffens, Sergeant Crash McCabe, and Sergeant John Coffey. John Coffey then escalated the report to the highest-ranking security officer at Woodbridge, John Penniston. Crash McCabe is the coolest name we've talked about in a long time. Yeah, that guy has the most badass name ever. That is awesome. Yeah. Crash McCabe. (laughs) I actually had that made in my notes to bring up later in the episode. I 100% agree. It's good stuff. That's the greatest. I mean, what else are you going to do besides be a badass your whole life? Nothing. (laughs) The guy probably kicks ass, like drives rocket ships over the Grand Canyon. It's Crash McCabe. He pulls all the tags off mattresses. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) With the employees in the store. He doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) You can do fight a guy named Crash. (laughs) Penniston wanted to get a look at the lights for himself, so he went out to the East Gate with his driver, Airman First Class, Edward Cabinsag. When they got there, they were met with Bud Steffens, who said, quote, It doesn't look like it crashed. It landed. So that's creepy right off the bat when you're at a, nucle- a base that has nuclear weapons, and it's like something yeah, landed. It, absolutely. I mean, radar and everything should not allow anything to land next to your nuclear weapons base, right? You right. would think so. It's very ominous. And you have to, you know, again, we talk, I've talked about it earlier, but you have to put this in the context of the high, you know, high alert status with the Russians and everything. We were still there. Like, the, the, yeah, yeah it was a completely different time. You were, st- were you still ducking on, were you still doing like drills in school at this point? I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember I'm doing asking. nuclear war. You didn't don't, have to do that anything. Was that was like the, the 50s, 50s 60s. Yeah. 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 I guess that makes sense. But you were, there was still that tension of like a, an impending war. Yeah, like it sure was, enough. it was going to happen. Everyone was sure it was going to happen. Yeah. Thank you, President Reagan. As this was going on, the guys at the air tower working radar started placing calls to surrounding radar facilities to see if anyone else saw anything. It turns out an unidentified object was caught on radar out of a place near London, and it disappeared from radar 15 minutes before Burroughs saw the lights, and it was headed towards Bentwaters and Woodbridge. So I, I think it's important in the story to note that so we already at this stage in the story have radar evidence and physical sightings. Right. To even already at this early and stage. And these are not drunk fucks in Florida. Yeah. Ex- right. It's not a guy on his rooftop in the, in the Everglades. Yeah. Jumping through bushes, shooting at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> pew, <Exactly>. pew, pew. <laughs> You're going to get us all. Pew, pew. It's, it's Randy Quaid and Independence Day. Pew, pew. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about context. Penniston, Cabinsag, and Burroughs then jumped into a vehicle and drove to the forest. There they saw a bright light shining through the trees. 
Due to the difficult terrain, they abandoned their vehicle and started walking through the forest on foot. As they approached the light, they began experiencing problems with their radios, so Peniston ordered Cabinsack to stay back by the vehicle and act as a communications relay between them and the security control center. What if that was you, Ian, and you were on a UFO hunt and they made you stay back? Oh, he'd be having none of that. He'd be like stomping his feet. Yeah. Let's oh, stay back. Yeah. Yeah. He'd disobey <laughs> orders. Real- That'd be his purge. He'd be court-martialed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my one chance, man, to see the UFO. I'm not staying back. But, and then, like, imagine cabin tag back and then, too, with, like, all the heightened cold war tensions. And they're like, all right, you stay back by yourself, and we're going to go. Yeah, that's also creepy. Out that's here. true. Absolutely. Could, yourself, you know, yeah. I mean, the presumption is that it's a an enemy, not an invasion, I guess, in England, but something. Be like, fuck that. I'm yeah. not staying by myself out here in the woods. Absolutely. Cause, and we didn't know, we didn't say it earlier, but the Rendlesham Forest is like super thick in like these winding woods. And it's just like, it's just dense, thick woods. I've seen Robin Hood. I know all those forests in England are pretty thick. <laughs> I know how it goes. I've seen Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner. <laughs> I did a fuck. great English accent. Don't act like I'm, dude, his accents are terrible. And all- Hello, Governor. I'm Kevin Costner, Robin Hood. <laughs> the best is, uh, his uh, Boston accent in 13 days. Have you seen that one? Is that when the he's Kennedy the, one? He, when he's the Kennedy, like uh, he he's uh, O'Donnell. He's yeah, he's the uh, the uh, assistant to President Kennedy. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, yes, they're doing. He's not big 13 on the days accent. is a great movie. Yeah. His his department is or his department. His his accent is fucking terrible. He's not real good on the accent. Ken O'Donnell. Ken O'Donnell. Right. It's a real person actually that they based him off of. But his accent is terrible. Mm. Anyways, Prince of Thieves. I've, I know the forest is very dense. I get it, Ian. I'm well educated. I've seen Kevin Costner movies. Good. Christian Slater is also in that. So, Prince of Thieves. That's a. Gr- I love Prince of Thieves. But as they walk deeper into the forest, Peniston noted that all the animals, um, and specifically birds, were going crazy. There were there were a few farms off in the distance here, like outside. Um, outside the forest so they could hear all these farm animals going crazy birds were going nuts he also noted that the radio communication with cabin sag although he was still pretty close by had almost completely broken up like they were almost just couldn't talk to each other anymore he ordered burrows to move back to the tree line and act as another relay but burrows had become so frightened he refused to acknowledge the order resulting in all radio contact with the base to be lost so definitely radio wave interference at a minimum. Yeah. When Peniston got to a distance of about 150 feet, he could make out a metallic-type craft, but unlike any he'd ever seen in his seven years in the Air Force. As he moved closer, he discovered that the air seemed to be charged with static electricity, causing the hair to, all the hair on his arms, neck, everything, just stand on end. As he got closer to the object, he noticed that all the animals had scattered from the area in Everything was just completely silent. As he got closer still, he could see the object in more detail. He described seeing a shiny black triangular-shaped craft, nine feet wide and eight feet tall. The surface was smooth, almost like glass, with white light emitting from both top and bottom of the craft, with red and blue lights flashing on either side. However, the flashing isn't like the really the correct term. Like it's not flashing like you would think when you hear the word flashing. Penison said these w- lights were more like quote globular, and the best thing that he could come up with to describe them was like a lava lamp. Like they were just kind of 
like these morphing red and blue lights. That's interesting. Hmm. So, so like a glob, not like a globe. So not right. globular, like a, just a glob of. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Peniston saw no visible means of propulsion, nor were there any signs of conventional manufacture, like seams or rivets or anything. It was just completely smooth. At this point, Peniston placed his hands on its surface, which he said felt warm, despite it being a, you know, extremely cold winter night. Sliding his hand over the smooth exterior, he discovered a series of raised symbols etched onto the left side of the craft. The symbols which he started drawing his notebook, because the whole time he had a notebook with him that he was like writing down descriptions to this thing. So he starts drawing these um, these symbols. He said they were about three inches high and covered an area of about three feet in diameter. This when is wild. Person, like, can you imagine being in that situation and you think like pull out your notebook and start like documenting? I would never think of that. Yeah. Like right. you'd run for cover or you'd just like observe or you'd hide and watch. This guy was smart enough to like pull out his notebook and start documenting shit. Well, he's a military security guy, so it's sure. true. Yeah, that's why he's that, and I'm this Sit, sitting in the in the bedroom podcasting. Yeah, yeah. shit faced on beer, <laughs> yeah. talking about this guy. He's out saving the world, man, well, man, manning uh, nuclear weapons. Well, and Jennifer Garner's out there fawning over me. So you tell me who won, <laughs> Pally. When Penniston put his hand on the etched symbols, which he said felt like sandpaper compared to the rest of the craft. Everything became bright white. Like it took away his ability to see and hear. It, it, everything is just like his, everything just shot white. And he couldn't determine how long this went on for. He, he said he can't remember if it was five minutes or if it was one hour. It just, everything just went white. That's scary. Heard this before, <coughs> Buddy Hill. <laughs> Sounds like he might have been hypnotized. Well. Luckily, Dave, there's none of that in this story, so let's just move on. Oh, you that. wait, pal. I didn't just didn't put it in that one. I'm that witchcraft. Or like a rip, a tear in the space-time continuum. Who knows? Now nah, you're just talking crazy. All right. That's science, bro. It was the Russians. Do you man. even science, bro? I don't. Very <laughs> much don't. When he was able to see and hear again, the craft started to turn a vivid, bright white color. So bright that Penison thought the whole thing was just going to explode. So at this time, and when you listen to him tell the story, he's like, oh, this is like some type of weapon or something now. Like, this thing's going to fucking blow up. Well, again, Cold War, that makes sense. It's your first thought. I would, Absolutely. Have, ne- I would have never been that close as he was. I mean, he's military. Of course he's going to do it. Yeah. But, like, that's that's crazy. It also baffles me that, like, they didn't call for backup, like, ahead of time. Like, why would you not go in with more people? Especially being on a nuclear weapons base. Right. Right? That makes me question a little bit of the story mm. early on. Makes me so question the security in place at these places. If it's also that too, if you believe this the story, is it. Then sure. yeah, sure. So he t- he took a defensive position nearby as the whole thing just like was engulfed in this white light. The craft then lifted off approximately four feet from the ground, maneuvered between the trees, ascended to treetop level, and then just disappeared. Mm. Peniston stated that he could see no occupants inside, but he sensed that there was some sort of life present inside like he was absolutely certain it was under intelligent control but about this Penniston said quote i noted what i was seeing in my logbook, which i still have in it i wrote speed impossible in that moment i knew this craft's technology was far beyond what we could engineer and he would know right he would know better than 
And that's not something we haven't heard before. And, you know, things taking off at impossible speeds. We've heard in prior stories like this. But now we're hearing it from someone that we know is a credible human being. Agree. Yeah, it's not Ed Walters down in Florida rolling under pew 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 there's no way that thing could go that fast <laughs> naked in the bushes jumping through his neighbors like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> but i think even in, in pl- like what was it skinwalker ranch maybe I, we've heard that that characterization before impossible speed or impossible angles we, or we've defying that, the laws of physics like we've heard sure. that every ufo story we've talked about like yeah. the thing like it'll just hover up and then move yeah yeah you're right yeah What's interesting is that even though John Burroughs was only about 10 feet away, he remembers the incident almost completely different. He doesn't say there wasn't something there, but he just remembers it completely different. Burroughs says that after the blinding white light happened, he fell to the ground and saw a red oval sun-like object just sitting in the woods in this clearing. Unlike Penniston, who said that he had time to walk up to this thing and examine it, Burroughs says that the whole encounter only lasted a few seconds Hmm. it's not unusual though for people to misquote or estimate time i mean in in, in stressful situations like this even under that duress yeah i don't find that to be that uncommon the other really weird detail is when peniston and burroughs got back to cabin seg their watches said that they had only been out of radio contact for about five minutes but in reality they had been gone for 45 minutes so We've, we've got some, That's some a little odd. time here. Well, aren't we just saying their watches stopped, though? That could be what indicative. They said, they, they said that they felt it was only five minutes. They're like, yeah, we weren't. Like, when they got back, according to Cabin Sagwick, when you hear him tell this story, he's like, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what the fuck's going on because the base is like, what are these guys doing? They just went out in the woods. What's going on out there? And he's like, he was said he was trying to give them more time, like trying to talk to the base security and when they got back, he's like, what the fuck's going on out there? Where have you guys been? And they're like, what are you talking about? We've only been gone for like five minutes. Mm. So it's not just that their watches stopped. Their perception of time slowed down. Right. It's like a physical and. Yeah. I think we've heard that before in the past as well. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hinting at, Mike? I'm not hinting at anything. I don't want a certain Angela to come beat my ass. <laughs> I do. I would love it. <laughs> Film that for Patreon. (laughs) Mike versus Angela Hill. That'd be fantastic. I'd make it out. I would not. I would not make it 30 seconds. The bell would ring. I would turn around and jump out of the cage. (laughs) That'd be so great. (laughs) So for whatever reason, the base then got the Suffolk police involved in the incident before debriefing happened. In a report detailing the investigation that was released under the Freedom of Information Act in 2005, the Suffolk police wrote, quote, We have had a call from Ellie at, meaning law enforcement, at Bentwaters in reference to the UFO reported last night. We have found a place where a craft of some sort seems to have landed, approximately two miles east of the East Gate at Bentwaters. Hmm. After returning to the base and reporting what they, what they saw, the men were debriefed and told to forget about it. The whole thing was turning into a joke on base with like the lower level guys. Like they're all laughing and joking about it. Like, yeah, these guys are out running around in the woods looking for UFOs. Penniston and Burroughs decided to return to the landing site shortly after they were debriefed. 
They located the area and found broken branches scattered everywhere, and they also found three indentations on the ground where the UFO had been sitting, confirming the police report saying you could tell something had been parked there or something landed there. Should make those insubordinate guys that are joking around go clean the toilet with toothbrushes <laughs> or something. <laughs> Proof positive right here. You're laughing about it. Deputy Commander Colonel Charles Halt had been away from the base the previous night, and he was the guy in charge of this whole operation. So when he walked in at 5 a.m., he walked into this whole joke vibe, like everybody fucking laughing and joking about UFOs, and Crash McCabe told him about how Pennison and the other guys were out chasing UFOs last night, like <laughs> still fucking around. Right. <laughs> These motherfuckers. The Unsolved Mysteries, the old one with Robert Stack on this, is really good, and they, they recreate this scene real good. They're all, like, joking around the back. <laughs> Why don't you go look at the UFOs? <laughs> it's like how we act with Ian when he's out every night looking at UFOs right. in the sky. The colonel comes in, and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> A Holt immediately told everybody to chill out, and... When talking about putting it this, all this into a report, he said to use unexplained lights and not a UFO because he didn't want the headache of it. Like, was he chomping on a stogie, like a half-chewed cigar going, I don't want headquarters up my ass. Do you understand me? <laughs> Categorizes unexplained lights. Or something, something like that. He can't be bothered with this nonsense. <laughs> the general's going to be chewing my asshole up to my colon. <laughs> I think that's exact. That's actually this is audio we have from him. Right? Oh yeah, it's like that's actual audio. <laughs> Even with the lower guys at the base joking about all this shit, high ups were taking it very serious outside the base. And almost immediately after these reports were done, it was all labeled classified. And oddly, the decision to classified bypassed Halt, who should have been included on this. And he is on record saying that the, these reports were just basically stolen from him. Wow. Well, the, the Air just Force. sent up above. Yeah. They just, you know, the Air Force loves UFO stories, as we know. I mean, remember that one in the 40s? Yeah. Remember that one in the 40s? <laughs> what was that? Like in New Mexico or something? Turned out to be a weather balloon. Yeah. We've yeah. covered it. Available yeah. in the archives. It's called the weather balloon episode. <laughs> I believe it's Roswell. They love those cover-ups. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move on. Yeah. Just eating beans in a, you know, cold shelter all night. <laughs> Good old Mac Brazel. The night of the second sighting on December 27th was supposed to be a relaxing night at a bar on site called Woody's for a Christmas party located on the Woodbridge base. However, just as the party was getting started, Lieutenant Bruce England, who was on duty, came in and told Halt, quote, the UFO is back. Halt then assembled a patrol team to investigate the incident with the intent on debunking the whole issue. Like he's like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this shit and figure it out. He was gonna put a halt to it. <laughs> yes, I believe he was. <laughs> with a team of men, he entered the forest and discovered numerous personnel and vehicles already there. And furthermore, these vehicles and the lighting equipment were malfunctioning. There is more interference here. Than a hot slut's ugly friend at 2 a.m. at a dive bar. <laughs> Jesus, pal. <laughs> There's tons, just tons of interference. A hot slut's ugly friend at a dive bar. You know, you trying to take this I, home. No, or, I get it. I, I, I know got it. Yeah, well, of course. 
I was that ugly friend, Dave. <laughs> I was that ugly friend all the time. I don't believe that. College, they used to call me the ugly friend. <laughs> Mr. Friend Zone, they called me. Really? Also. That's interesting. Could never get out of the friend zone. Mm. Yeah. Died a virgin. <laughs> what are you going to do? He then took his patrol to the original landing site, and shortly after this, he spotted a glowing red object moving through the forest. During much of the entire time, Halt had activated a mini tape recorder so an audio record could be made. Because Halt was like one of those guys, he was super meticulous and he carried this mini tape recorder on him at all times. He would just like pull it out of his pocket and say what he's thinking into it for like notes later on or whatever. 18 minutes of this tape has been made public, but Halt is on record saying that at least that the tape was actually at least two hours long and the rest remains classified. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's an hour and 42 minutes of missing footage. Yeah, that's a hell of a way to redact mm. something. Man. Yeah. Who knows what was going on? I'd like to hear that. This is the kind of stuff that makes you think like that this shit went down. And we'll get to this at the end, but like, why is there so much redaction? Uh, redaction and just, just, you know unreleased information and and in in hidden secrecy shit like this that they're not releasing why if i remember correctly from our previous discussions like creating false trails like this and covering up things that didn't really happen it was part of their game plan was it not so i think that they like in the past and maybe even in this one too they released enough to like make you want to believe it was aliens and then they pulled back the curtain so is that what this was? Was this was are we thinking, you know, and I'm just hypothetically, are we thinking this might be a military thing where they want you to believe it's aliens and maybe the Russians or someone got closer than they should have? Possibly. I'm I mean, talking myself. I'm talking myself out of the story now. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, that, that's the argument. If it, if it was something Russian, because they're not going to mm-hmm. the Russians aren't going to admit it because that it would kick off World War Three. And See, we're not yeah. going to admit it that they got that close because we look weak then we, yeah then we look weak so i mean that's the that's the I theory agree. if it was something russian i also have learned that if you throw a russian into any story i'm going to blame them because in dyatlov pass i also blame the russian government <laughs> and said that they, they just attacked their own people if you give me the russian out in any story mike namapod is going to take it God damn right. I'm learning this about myself. But you know what? Because I'm a, I'm a true, you know, red-blooded American man. Of course you are. It's the 4th of July weekend. I'm fucking ready to fight. You want a fisticuff? Let's go. I'll throw hands, Russia. Let's go. Come on, Ivan. Yeah. Meet at Mike's place, I'll motherfucker. Right I'll fucking drop that son of a bitch. You and your mom who killed yeah. all those poor camp counselor kids in Dietlov. Fucking. <laughs> I want Putin. Not you take Ivan. I want Putin. <laughs> Fuck him up and I'll drink Bush Light. Hell yeah. Like an American. Waving the flag. Like an American. Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! <laughs> Not wearing a mask either because that's for pussies. <laughs> USA. All right, we're waiting. Stop. That's not. On the tape, you can hear Halt and his men getting closer to the UFO saying, quote, there's no doubt about it. There is some type of strange flashing red light ahead. Then his voice gets really excited. And he says, quote, it's coming this way. It's definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. There's no doubt about it. This is weird. And I know, like, listening, watching, like, UFO documentaries and stuff, when he's on there talking about it, he said it was, like, like it looked like sparks, but it also looked like, like, almost like dripping metal, almost, like, pouring off of this thing. Damn. Like, the same kind of vibe that 
Peniston was talking about with like the lava lamp feel mm-hmm. is like what was coming off of it. Like it was boiling over and dripping off kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm. What is that called? Like a... I don't know. What do you mean? Like a... Like a... Like a fuck. We might have to... Like, like a lava... Like magma? Like kind of like a volcanic overflowing kind right. of... Right. Like it's like... Like it's not really like a... Like it's not substance. It's like a... See what I mean? Like it, what, is that magma? Not like gaseous? I don't know. I really don't know what you mean. <laughs> Magma is it's molten rock, molten or semi-molten natural material, which all igneous rocks are formed. But it's like a flowing, moving kind of like okay, yeah, liquid. That's that's like what I think about when I think of that. That makes sense. Well, that's what a lava lamp is supposed to represent, right? That same sort of thing. But it's like a mix of like a lava lamp and like part of this, like just I don't know this this form deteriorating kind of. I don't know. I mean, clearly we can't comprehend it because we have not been capable of producing this. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is about beyond what we can comprehend. I think that's quite possible. What do you think Excited Ian would sound like on tape if he was out seeing UFOs <laughs> in the forest? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> this episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> Also nearby, all the animals started going crazy again. And they said, quote, We're hearing some strange sounds out of the farmer's barnyard animals. They're very, very active and making an awful lot of noise. Hmm. Maybe one of the the airmen stayed back and he was being a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking love that one. (laughs) I'm just asking questions. Halt described the object as circular, like a large eye winking at him. Later in the tape, he states, quote, He's heading towards us now. Now we're observing what appears to be a beam coming down to the ground. This is unreal. Hey, I'll be honest. When a colonel says this is unreal, I'm listening now. Yeah, right? the head guy in charge here? Yeah. This guy's in charge of a nuclear, nuclear missile base. I, yeah, I'm paying attention now. Yeah, the group I, yeah I, I feel like all of this, I would have been like pretty fucking terrified definitely like you you were on the brink of war at least that was kind of like the mindset right like i know it had relaxed a little over the last 20 years or so but we were still at odds with russia or the the soviet union and i mean these satellite launch sites had capabilities to launch autonomously so you know again just to stress the the nature of the situation do you think they played it up as aliens just to make it more relaxed for everyone else like like the higher ups, I don't know. See like, now now I'm talking myself into a whole Cold War conversation. Like there were near misses in the '80s where, like, um, a Russian colonel or general in a launch site somewhere in one of the Russian provinces got orders to launch. Was it like the mid '80s? But it turned out to be a comet or something. And like this guy literally Trade saved the world from World War Three because he's like he he didn't follow the command to launch. But I think some of these guys had, you know, they could launch stuff. So, but it was also that close. Like it was a push of a button. Like they were it's a ready push to of a go. Button. They were Absolutely. ready to go. Both sides. It's a whole different time. The group watched as another object came in at enormous speed and then stopped and hovered over them and sent a laser beam down to the ground only a few feet away from their location. What did that sound like, Mike? Pew. <laughs> Probably something like that. Yeah. 
You caught me off guard. I had no idea what the fuck I was supposed to do there. I'm not gonna lie. I, I thought was you were gonna do a pew. I, pew, 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 oh, pew. I was daydreaming to that that sentence, so I didn't know what to say. Daydreaming. Was Sorry. Guy. Think about Britney Spears. Jesus. He said it sound. It was like a um, like a laser pointer. Like it was a really thin laser that came down. Pew, 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 yeah. pew. <laughs> The UFO then moved over the weapon storage area and continued firing these beams of like these pencil thin lasers into the storage bunkers. That's weird. Yeah, and this is really interesting because this is this gets into the realm of UFOs being a physical thing, like coming from another part in the universe. There's like there's two groups of people. There's people that believe that they're coming through like wormholes or whatever from different planets to here, and then there's the interdimensional people. Right. The people that believe in it as a physical thing, they there because there's tons of sightings around nuclear facilities, and there's a, tons of military... There's full books and documentaries of all these military guys saying that they've seen stuff, you know? And it all seemed to have started in the 40s when we figured out how to make nuclear weapons. So, so the, hinting that they're trying to save us from killing ourselves. There are some people that believe that. There are some people that believe their interest in us grew when, I, like, when we figured out how to do that. That put us on a different, you know, like a different tier mm. in intelligence. So they started paying more attention to us at that point. We're maybe not this backward society any longer after we've created right nuclear fission or whatever. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm not sold on that. Obviously, yeah. I'm more into the interdimensional stuff. But you love the interdimensional you know, stuff. Ugh, you yeah. confuses the fuck out of me. <laughs> but all in all, this second night brings the number of military guys who saw the UFO right around sixty people altogether. It's harder to cover up. It's a lot of people. So, Ian, with these sixty, was that all American military personnel, or was that like Mer- American and British? It was like 90, I would say like 95% American guys. So there were a few British uh, military personnel that might have been a part of this or seen something. Right. All the top high level guys involved in this were all American. Got it. We'll be right back. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times from being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com Necro. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology Beard Oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. After these incidents, Peniston was given a full week off duty and he was having symptoms that really sounded like PTSD, later saying, quote, after that craft took off, I was in no doubt. I realized it was 100% certain that we are a part of a larger community beyond the confines of this planet. That is knowledge so I like, 100% have to obtain. Yeah, like he was on board right away. Yeah. Like this was not human, whatever happened. And that's also a very competent, credible human being. Yeah. Saying that they, you know, what they experienced was something beyond this world. So you're saying you want to experience that. That is the one thing that before I leave the world, I want proof positive that a, you know, that other worlds exist. Why? Because I want to know. But I mean, you already do believe. I do believe, but I want to see, I want to see it. You want the proof. hundred percent. Sometimes believing is just faith, Dave. No, no, it's not. It is. No, that is ridiculous. You just got to have faith. No, I, no. (laughs) It's the one more thing. I would like to see you and Ian both. I completely agree. Shortly after this incident, the cover-up began. The original statements were taken from five men, Fred Masters, J.D. Chandler, Ed Cavinsang, John Burroughs, and Jim Penniston. The statements were highly watered down and don't even talk about the second night of events. Cavinsang has gone on record saying that high-ranking officials from the Air Force showed up with pre-written statements saying, sign it without question, and your involvement with this, everything will be over. You won't have to worry about it again. Because that's the other thing. Everybody did, nobody stopped joking about this. Everybody was, you know, laughing it up, and this was super embarrassing at the same time. So these guys were like, just sign this, and it'll be over and done. Even though there was like other, there were 60 other guys who allegedly saw this. They were still like all the jokes of the, of like the base. Oh yeah, they were they were loving it. They were just laughing it up. Kevin mm. Sang also said that this was under strong distress, and he signed the statement without even reading it. Regarding the second night, no statements were taken about that incident, even nothing from Colonel Holt. Look, it's tough to push back on you know the chain of command like that. Well, it's so. just like Roswell, right? Like he was, you know, they arrived to situations. They were told. Stand down. Here's the situation. And yeah, I mean, they can make it very difficult for you. So, of course, you're going to be obliged to sign whatever they want you to sign. 
it seemed that since Penniston and Burroughs were the ones that got really close to this thing, the Air Force focused on them because they were interviewed a total of 14 times. And each time they were interviewed, they were told that that would be the last time. Just tell us everything that happened and we'll leave you guys alone. According to Penniston and Burroughs, these interviews even went as far as to have them injected with sodium pentothal, a.k.a. truth serum, to get answers. Wow, that's bold, huh? Yeah, but sodium pentothal is no joke. Seems like that might go against the military code of conduct. I don't know. <laughs> right? You do you guys, that? You guys want to do an episode on that while we're taking sodium pentothal? Oh, yeah. You got, want to? Let's sure. Do I'll do fun. that. Fuck. Let's, let's get the truth out. <laughs> that would be super scary. <laughs> People want to know what I actually think about Betty Hill because I've held back on my thoughts <laughs> on Betty Hill. People want to know. I'm like, oh, my God, I love country music and NASCAR. It's awesome. Welcome to my world, Wish Pally. I could fly a Confederate flag. Well, that's not <laughs> anything I've ever said. Fuck, you're going to start a whole Facebook thing again. Another interesting layer of the aftermath of this event is that even though it was a U.S. Air Force base and nuclear weapons were here, the Air Force said because it happened in the forest, it was technically a British problem. That's a good point. Wasn't it on base? Oh, yeah, so they're like, you know, very what? American to pass the blame and be lazy. <laughs> yeah, <about> right. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? This is, we don't have to deal with this. This is actually your guy's problem. Smart. That is smart. <laughs> Colonel Halt was part of this attempting to, to pass it off to the British Ministry, Ministry of Defense, writing a sanitized report of the events and sending it to them. And he is on record as saying it was a quote tickler to like, just kind of maybe pique the interest of the the Ministry of Defense, and they'd be like, "Oh, what the you know? Mm. We need to figure out what's going on out there." And then they would just rush in and take it over. So he kind of helped in his cover up, but he's spoken about this later. Is he retired right. now? Yeah, yeah, he's retired. What's his view on this? His view is like the the details that I just laid out. It it, it all went down as as the story that I just told mm. that it was something from. Not here, or not something that was not that humans are not capable. Does of he regret kind of the watering down process that he was involved in? It seems like it. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And, and I think it's also worth noting with these guys like Burroughs, Penniston, and um, and Halt. The three of them, they fucking hate the UFO community, and rightfully so because the UFO community is extremely toxic, and they don't leave people alone. Yeah, they they fucking hate all this stuff but you know they stuck to their story this is what it was and like you know these if these guys are career military men you can't you can't blame them like they can make life miserable for you and threaten your 20-year pension and stuff so you know i'm not going out on a limb either going to fight the fight the powers that be just to prove you know i saw a ufo <laughs> right. i'm not giving up you know i'm not risking right. my fact, pension and the everything fact, the else fact they, they sign statements to me adds nothing to yeah I, I agree I'm not yeah. risking that. That actually adds more to the fact that it might be a cover-up yeah. or something. Absolutely. Which, I mean, I guess this whole time we've been discussing it as a cover-up of some sort or an actual UFO encounter. Yeah. Like, none of us believe this is an entire made-up story, at no. least yet. So, of course. The report that Halt wrote is famously known in the UFO community as the Halt Memo. And we'll talk about it in a bit with it getting released to the public. But the problem with this memo is it was written on January 13th, 1981, because everybody sat around trying to figure out what to do. And it seems like 
right around this time is when they figured, oh, you know what, we're going to pass this off. Mm. It didn't arrive to the Ministry of Defense until January 19th. So by that time, the Ministry of Defense was like, well, there's really nothing for us to investigate. And also, if it took you guys that long to send us a memo, it must not have been that big of a deal. That's the British Ministry of Defense. Right. Yeah, I see that point. The Ministry of Defense did end up doing a brief look into the incident, but Halt wrote the wrong dates for the incident on the memo. This motherfucker. He's running interference. Like that ugly uh, like that ugly girl trying to stop her hot <laughs> slut friend from getting banged out. God damn, pal. <laughs> banged out. I just call him Betty Hills. <laughs> Ruining everybody's life. Halt claims to have written the memo solely by memory, explaining the incorrect dating for the incident. It has been long established that the first incident began on the 25th slash 26th of December, not the 26th slash 27th of December. Additionally, the second incident began on the 27th slash 28th, not the 28th slash 29th, as implied in the memo. Mm. Could it be that the soldiers or their watches were on U.S. time, not British time, <laughs> which it would have taken them five hours ahead into the next day? And they're also responsible for nukes. <laughs> they all should be on military time before they're located. Just That's what I mean. But maybe they were on U.S. time by accident, so they got the date wrong because they would have been five hours ahead if they were in England. It's a good stretch, Pally. I'm just asking the question, Good man. stretch, Pally. I don't think it adds up. <laughs> all right. we're, we're talking multiple days apart here. Maybe their Apple Watch. Yeah. No, I guess Well, you tell us about the Apple Watch in the 80s, Dave, because I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> I guess that did not happen. <laughs> They're Fitbits, though. It was their oh, Fitbits. Yeah, everyone had a Fitbit in was, 1981. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was the fucking androids. Because if you had a fucking android, you're living still in the 1980s, right? <laughs> so that's what it was. It was the androids. <laughs> well, when the Ministry of Defense did their investigation, like stuff like pulling radar, it was all useless because they were given the wrong dates. And by the time they figured out the right date and went to pull that radar they were told that the thing that recorded radar for that night had been switched off so there was no more record there was no record of this how convenient some bullshit there regarding the incorrect date and the muddying up of everything almost immediately john burrow said quote the memo was written after people started talking about it off base and questions were being asked the memo has the wrong dates i'm sure it was written that way to cause problems from the beginning wow that's a cover-up, my friends. And even though this stuff was all highly top secret, it didn't stop these like the lower-level guys. Like word of mouth started going around, and then these guys would get drunk and talk about it at the bar. Word of mouth continued to spread like this about the incident, and UFO people started getting word of what happened. And an article was eventually published in the 1982 edition of Saucer Review, and then another UFO magazine called The Probe Report. <laughs> Saucer review and the probe report. <laughs> the probe report, we're, we're reporting lots of fecal matter when the prober came out. A couple of guys from Cause, the Citizens Against UFO Secrecy, read these articles. <laughs> I, I, I hear you laughing. Don't laugh. Ian's a part of this group. Cause. Member number 47. <laughs> these guys filed Freedom of Information Act requests. And in 1983, the Halt Memo was made public. Good for you, Ian, and your group of friends. You and your nerds. <laughs> you and your nerds. You get a lot Soon of chicks after. at your mixer, at your cause mixer. Yeah. Like, oh, come yeah, on out. They get, they get one to show up, and it's like, oh, 
Is that a girl over there? <laughs> Looks like a girl. She's got a mustache, but I think it's a girl. All those MUFON <laughs> meetings held at public libraries because please can't afford to get a We know that all the ugly girls come from NICAP and stop it. <laughs> hey, those we're supposed to go to that MUFON meeting. When, when was that? That was pre COVID. So yeah, it's probably over. Yeah. All the libraries are closed. Oh, boy. I think some are actually open, I think, again. Are they? In Cuyahoga. Kind Not of. out here. I think, I don't know for sure. Mm. It shouldn't be. Any hoodles. Soon after the memo was in the hands of the UK UFO groups, the typical UFO drama started. Once all the information was put together and a pretty solid idea of what happened was laid out, the UK UFO groups sold the story to the media. And this has caused US UFO groups to absolutely despise UK ones to this day. Mm. Always fighting with each other. Is it because the UK ones got the 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 launch on this story, mm. or is it because they don't? I mean, the, it can't be because they don't respect their credibility, right? Because like the the US the US groups obviously don't have much credibility either. Like, so is UFO it just jealousy? Well, I think UFO groups don't make much money at all. Okay, so they were like, yeah, we're we're gonna take that money. Okay. <laughs> The UK media published a story regarding this incident, and it was almost all 100% made up. They didn't go with Penniston, Burroughs, or Halt for info. They went with a low-level guy from the base named Larry Warren. Part of this was due to Larry Warren not being in the Air Force anymore, so he could say whatever he wanted as long as it wasn't classified. The rest of those guys, all the really credible guys from this story, were all career military mm. guys and they didn't leave the military until mid to late 90s so they weren't telling the truth back then it, right they weren't going to talk about this yeah. at all this is how the bible was written a <laughs> damn bunch hell. of nonsense from people that didn't even know what they're talking about making all kinds of connections no. over here <laughs> larry warren first went by the alias art wallace when talking about the rendlesham incident and his version of events they don't match anyone else's at all. According to Warren, he was ordered to take spotlights into the forest by Colonel Halt on that second night. Warren said when he got there, he and 40 other men, both American and British, so according to him, it was like half and half. We discussed earlier, it probably wasn't that much, right? Between British and Americans? Yeah, no, it was like 95% American. Okay. His story is not off to a great start. <laughs> no, absolutely not. In, in Mike's opinion. He said when these guys got there, they were met with a glowing yellow fog. And as this glowing fog was rolling in, he heard someone on the radio say, quote, here it comes. That's ominous. Then a red orb flew in from the coast, hovered over the glowing fog, and gave off a bright white light that physically hurt Warren's eyes. When he looked back, the red orb was now a craft that was 30 feet wide and 20 feet high. That's pretty big. So way bigger than the original story. Yep. Warren said that this craft was pearl white, pyramid shaped, and had a couple blue lights underneath. He also said it was kind of translucent and he could see figures floating inside. That's a whole new ball game there. <laughs> yeah. God damn. It's fucking Warren guy. It's always the Warrens, isn't it, Ian? What's that Ed and Elizabeth Warren? Is that the, the yeah. fucking ghost yeah. hunters? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine. Lorraine. Fucking Warrens, man. What's fucking the Warren. what, what movies? What movies are they in though? Conjuring. Those, those are fucking terrifying movies. Still, they're pretty good. 
What's the one? They I know we've talked about out to be like superheroes in those movies. Yeah, right. And you said they're really just like ghost hunters, right? Like they're just like they're just out for like money. Oh yeah, they just fake everything. They fake the Amityville. Yep. What's the movie with Ethan Hawke that I fucking? Ooh, that's love? a good movie. It's my favorite scary movie I think of all time. It is. It's not The Conjuring. I always think it's The Conjuring. It's not. He's got his family moved into that house. Is that the weird one with like the pictures and stuff? Yes, like he's the author. It. Yeah. And it's a good movie. movie. That might be my favorite scary movie of all time because it legit to this day creeps me out. Yeah, it's really good. Fuck. Well, I'm going to look it up. Ian, talk. <laughs> any hoodles. I mean, please continue. Hey, tonight, At for that. everyone, Mike has an anyhoodles.com shirt on. It's just any hoodles. That's oh, sorry. Com. That's not a .com. And he has an any hoodles <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> I live the gimmick, At that brother. point, he says that Colonel Halt stepped forward and started speaking with the figures inside. And all Warren could overhear were phrases like, quote, electronics division and, quote, apart from another world. Mm. After this, Warren and the other men were ordered to leave the area and went through an intense debriefing where they were scanned for radiation. Sounds like an intergalactic Radio Shack delivery, maybe. I don't know. Radio Shack. (laughs) Also during this debriefing... And only after being in the Air Force properly for two weeks, Warren claims that he was shown videos of UFOs and told that there's an alien presence on Earth and that the U.S. government works with them. When Warren asked what would happen if they told anyone about the information he had been told, he was supposedly told a phrase that forever plagues the Rendlesham story. It was, quote, bullets are cheap. (laughs) God damn. This guy fucked up the whole story by doing this. Because he made it a joke. He killed credibility forever. And he was the only one talking about it for almost 10 years. Because he could, and no one else could. Yeah. Right. Mm. So it's not all on him. I mean, it's on him that he was a piece of shit and kind of probably made up his own story. Hey, bullets are cheap, Mike. Other right. people could have could have <laughs> spoken out. They could have. But they were still in the military, though. I mean, they're not going to talk. I understand. About this. I understand. Like you're in a situation where you really can't. Yeah. Like you're going you're not going to put your family in jeopardy over that. Uh, FYI, the movie was Sinister. Sinister, yeah. yeah. Sinister they show the person hanging in the backyard at the be, beginning. That's good. Might be my favorite scary movie of all time. Really? It legitimately creeps me out. And it takes a lot to do that. And I don't mean to go down a whole it's creepy. Track. It's good. It creeps me out, that movie. It, that, I don't know what it is about. It creeps me out. That's my favorite horror movies when they creep you out like that. They ha- but that's how it has to be, right? Love like, that. like I can watch the Halloweens now, and I'm like, I'm fucking rooting for Michael Myers. <laughs> like, it's not creepy. Yeah. But they're good movies. I like creepy stuff. When you see something that like legit makes like the like like what was the uh, what was the movie we watched the the the, the original the strength the strangers stranger uh, the original strangers the knock on the door. Yeah. With like Liv Tyler. Yeah. 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 Strangers. Yeah. That movie scared the shit Terrifying. out of me. That scared like it's a modern day movie. Yeah. It made the hair on my arm stand up. It's good. Really creepy. Sinister. Creepy as fuck. So obviously Larry Warren was not killed for coming forward with his story. But he said that there were consequences. Years after, he said he was kidnapped by the men in black and taken back to England to an underground facility where he was heavily interrogated. That's different. (laughs) Yeah. And this is also, this is a brief summary of Warren's story. And he wrote a book. He he co-authored a book with with someone for his whole, for all this. And the story has 100% changed over the years. And each time it gets more elaborate. 
and like we said, he was the first guy to tell the story in 83, and he was the first, the only guy to tell it for like 10 years. So he ruined the credibility of this story right out of the gate. You know, it, the guy that he co-authored the book with has since come out and put out, put out a statement about Larry Warren saying that he regrets ever working with him because he was an absolute liar. Yep, there you go. I mean, Larry Warren also photoshopped himself in with John Lennon <laughs> and was selling fake Beatles memorabilia. And like, there was like a whole money scam. Like, this guy was just hmm. a straight up liar. Interesting. Wasn't Lennon killed uh, before this even happened? <laughs> December of 1980. December 8th. Early December. December yeah, 8th, this was 1980. December. Yeah. yeah, right. So it's about three weeks later. Yeah. He was also still hot in the news then, probably. So convenient. Interesting. So getting into you know what what could have happened here, the biggest theory that debunkers throw out is that this was all just a Christmas prank that got out of hand, even though this was a highly top secret base that housed nuclear weapons, that this was all just a big prank. The prank story mainly comes from a 2003 Daily Mail report saying a man named Kevin Condy, who was an Air Force policeman, was responsible for the whole thing. Condi told the Daily Mail that he pulled this off by putting red and green, a red and green lens on the spotlight of his car and then just drove around in circles for a while. <laughs> he said that he had pretty much forgotten about this prank until he was online on some thread thing and saw a story about the Rendlesham UFO incident. Mm. And he's like, oh, shit, that was me. I that was, was me, love. I was doing that with me red and green stickers. <laughs> I'm not sure what the prank is, really. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, but, doesn't really add up. No, they do have some good pranksters over there. Those those uh, crop circle guys. They were they were doing some good work. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they used to do some like crazy crop circles. Really cool stuff. The thing with the Condi story is though, is that researchers were able to pull through records and they found that he wasn't even on duty for either of the nights of those sightings. So, mm. well, puts a hole in his story. <laughs> yeah. The other popular explanation is the lighthouse theory. This mainly comes from a guy named Vince Thurskettle who ran a nearby lighthouse. Thurskettle? Where do they get these cool fucking names over here? Thurskettle's yeah. a fucking badass Thurskettle. Thurskettle gave this explanation to the media as, a, as potentially what they saw, and debunkers ran with it. However, they ignore what Thurskettle went on to say, where he says that he doesn't believe it would have been his lighthouse because those military guys would see it every night. Yeah, I think a, thing, a colonel on a nuclear weapons base recognizes a lighthouse that's on the shore where they're stationed. Right. They and see the it all the time, the, yeah. And the bunkers point towards, there's a part on the tape where Halt says, you can see it, and then it goes away. And he's like, hey, well, I, you can see it again. He says that a couple times, and it's in five-second intervals. Like it's spinning around the lighthouse? That's exactly the time frame that the lighthouse would go. That's five a stretch. Yeah. But it, that doesn't explain stuff on the tape where he's like, oh, it's coming towards us. There's yeah. stuff falling off of it. And then there's the whole subject of the ones and zeros that skeptics point to that proves that Jim Penniston is just outright faking things. When Penniston tried to sleep that first night after putting his hand on the UFO, he said that his mind was just running nonstop with ones and zeros. So he wrote them all down in his notebook where he drew out the craft and, and all the information he was writing down. He didn't think it was relevant to the story, so he didn't report the ones and zeros, and he just didn't tell anybody about it. 
fast forward to 2010, Peniston, he never really, when he did any type of UFO things or any interviews, he never really let too many people look at the notebook. But in 2010, he was letting a guy look at it and it was like, wait, what's all these ones and zeros? And it turns out that the ones and zeros formed a real binary code that was able to be decoded into text. Well, that's interesting. God damn. Yeah, this is like some straight up X-Files shit. Well, get us there, David Duchovny. <laughs> Sully or whatever. I don't know what Fox called. Mulder, Mike. Fox Mulder. So, well, but Sully, someone. Oh, no, I don't watch that shit. So the binary code first gives off the line, exploration of humanity, 8100. Then it gives off some coordinates. The line continuous for planetary advance, and it stops. It gets like it gets a little lost in translation. And and oh, just to be clear, this was the photo we posted for the teaser back on Friday. So people have reference because I know it probably confused a lot of motherfuckers. <laughs> then it gives another line. It says fourth coordinate continuous. Some more lost in translation than the word before. A couple line, whole bunch of coordinates. Eyes for your eyes. Some other coordinates. And then origin year 8100. The interesting thing about the coordinates is the coordinates give out Belize, Sedona, Arizona, Egypt, Peru, China, Greece. These are all what you would see like with ancient aliens subject matter. All these places like the Peru ones take you to the Nazca lines. Sedona, Arizona is the biggest area of courts in the world. Belize, you've got the you know Mayan temples and things. Egypt, you've got the pyramids. So it's really weird that all these ancient alien type places show up in, in these coordinates. And all in the same place. It's very strange. Right. The last line of coordinates gives a place called High Brazil. High and Brazil is interesting. I didn't even know what the hell High Brazil was. And reading about it, it's almost like this Irish Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. It's this island that appears on maps as early as 1325. And it's said to you can't it's said to be you can't reach it according to the lore and you can't see it. It's only visible once every seven years because it's just completely covered in fog and or some of the lore says it like sinks back under the ocean. Yeah, like one day every seven years. Right. But on that one day you can see it, but you still can't get to it. There's a famous account from sixteen seventy four by a guy named John Nesbitt who supposedly made it to high Brazil. And he said when he got there, it was, there was this like huge castle and he was met with a wizard and there was these large, like oversized rabbits on the mountain. Fuck yeah. Island <laughs> That's where our first live show is high Brazil. Let's yeah. fucking go. That's the last line of coordinates is high Brazil. So you have all these ancient alien places and then high Brazil. That's pretty amazing. It's worth noting that Peniston's notebook was carbon dated to prove that he wrote out the binary code back in 1980, the same time that he wrote, you know, so he's telling the truth. He wrote it that night. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Jim Peniston had it in his mind at the time to put down a binary code that would equate to us. Yeah, that's wild. If you believe Jim Peniston and with the whole ones and zeros thing, it's like when he touched this thing, it like downloaded that code into his brain. That's what it sounds like, right? Well, he woke up what you said in the middle of the night and started writing this shit down. Yeah, he said it was just like flying through his head. He couldn't get it out of his head, so he just started writing it all down. Is there is that common with like 
abductions or UFOs where people are downloading shit into your brain or where like aliens are. Like, I don't remember I mean, us talking a, about that necessarily. No, it's, this is kind of new. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like I said, it's like some straight up like X-Files kind of stuff. They downloaded some bit. crack directly in the, <laughs> into <laughs> Betty Hill's brain, right? Mike? Well, of course they didn't have to download anything into her brain. She was doing the crack. <laughs> They weren't even there. Like, she made that all up. It's clear. Oh, you're not buying any of the whole story. That's clear as fucking day, Dave. Wow. I spelled it all out for you back on the, the Hill episode, in the archives. <laughs> I think it was episode two, actually. I think, I think it was. Yeah. Go I think it was back. episode three. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> They're crackheads anchoring them. And it's interesting, because you get the whole, that, that whole origin year, 8100 and all that stuff in the, in the code. And that's where people start running with time travel theories that mm-hmm. this wasn't aliens. This was time travelers that that came back to 1980 and ended up in Rendlesham Forest. I hope so. That, that would like, be fucking crazy. I, like, I've always thought, like, if time travel was eventually created, right, or developed, we would have seen them, right? And the fact that we've never authenticated actual time travelers here makes me think that it's never been invented. You know what I mean? But would, yeah, I mean, would we see time travelers? I don't know. There is a website. No, you're getting you're them. gonna get you're about to get real fucking deep. Time travels is my absolute favorite thing it is in so the whole world. It's so confusing though. I love it. Like maybe yeah. they're just not like in this fucking what's the word, Ian? Like they're just not dimension? Dimension. In this reality? They're not reality. in this dimension. Or reality, whatever. So when they come back, we don't see them. Of course. Because if time travel was work, working properly, it wouldn't affect us living our actual lives, right? Like it would affect a new dimension, a new reality. See, that's my problem with time travel. If it's ever been invented in the future, wouldn't, and they were ever able to accurately go back in time. We haven't seen them. We haven't seen it. Like wouldn't someone. Because like, they're not in our linear timeline of life. Is that what it is? Like wouldn't someone have gone back not in our, our dimension and killed baby Hitler right. and like corrected you would all have, these Dave. things? You would have. We obviously. talked about this. I uh, Of course I would have. 25 years from now, your dimension, you kill baby Hitler. <laughs> but like, of course not because they can't come back and do it. It, it doesn't affect us. Mm. I don't know. Maybe you have to reach a specific being to be able to do that. Uh-huh. I'll start doing some crack if I have to do that. Would you? Clearly the hills are on that level. <laughs> <laughs> If you go to the Rendlesham Forest Incident dot com, there is a whole page on there about the idea of time travel regarding this, and mm. it is a straight up stream of consciousness. Oh, I like that. Writing down it's of time travel, fucking it's ridiculous the most confusing <laughs> shit yeah. I've mm. ever read in my life. Uh, that sounds good, Dave. That's that not awful. That's not Ramhersham dot com. That's <laughs> no, no, it's not. Right. Okay. That's a different video by Bang Bros, but. <laughs> Probably that we can get sponsored. I love this story. I I, uh, I find this highly credible, and I think this actually happened. I think something happened. I don't know what. I don't think seasoned military veterans mistake a lighthouse on the coast of England for UFOs. But, but I think I there think was a cover-up. I think it was a cover-up also. I I believe there was a cover-up, but I believe was there cover. was something here. I don't believe colonels say this is unreal. You don't think it was a cover-up because the Russians maybe got too close? I think, I, I, I think that's I leave, possible. I leave open doubt for that. Something out of the ordinary happened, and I think most likely it was a UFO, but I think they covered it up because this was a time when tensions were very high. I, yeah, absolutely. I think we still cover things up. Oh, I'm sure that we do. We cover a lot of things up. But I want to believe. 
And I believe this is real. Well, you and Ian both. I think it's covered up because tensions were high. And I think it also goes along with what I really believe is that we don't understand it. So we're not going to admit to anything that we don't understand and can't explain. Which is not an awful theory. Well, it makes us look weak. I agree with that yeah. completely. Yeah. So U.S. and you know U.K., we're going to throw it back and forth till nobody wants to deal with it anymore. And then it just goes away. And then you get Larry Warren, stupid ass, comes out here and ruins the whole thing for everybody, you know. Motherfucker, trying to get a payday. So why can't we have a UFO land and say, I don't know, Denmark, where they're like, oh, yeah, UFO, they don't, they don't give a fuck about what it makes them look like, or Norway, or wherever. Like, oh, yeah, UFO landed here. Look, this is weird. Yep. Ch- check it out. And they here's, went about living their lives. Yeah, here's pics. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I think it's a fair question. And that's why there's a lot of, you know, people that question all this shit. People like me. Like, I don't, I, I question all this stuff. Yeah. But you do have high ranking people who say they seen, they have seen something. It's a cool story. Yeah, I like this story. I, I believe this one 100%. That's something definitely not from here happened. Yep. Me too. I believe they saw something. I'm not willing to say it was not from here. Okay. Maybe it was another, you know, government, another agency but something happened i don't think these people i don't think most of these people are lying when we get to england we're gonna visit uh ram hersham for i <laughs> excuse me rendell sham oh, forest oh we'll also go to ram hersham i know a club I'll get that's you in, right Lo- in. that's I'll in get london you, oh i'll get you right in i'll get you right in <laughs> vip over here brother don't you worry i'll get you right in good story the guys the, i love the binary this code is so yeah cool. that's creepy the binary code is is odd I'm wondering how many people got that based on our Instagram. Probably not a lot. All right, Ian, you got anything else left for uh, the Rendlesham UFO? Anything else you want to throw in and add? Do you want to ram her sham before we sign off here? <laughs> also, today? you could do that if you want. That's up to you, brother. It was nice to talk about aliens again. Yeah, I'm with you. Back on track for a little bit. This is a fun one. A little fun one-part alien episode. Good stuff. I love it. Dave, you got anything else you would like to add to? No. I 100% believe this store. You believe it? I do. Okay. I want to believe. We got a lot, goddamn, of patrons. So here's some shout outs. We are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. Thank you very much to Allison Hughes, CJ White, Josh Pollock, Mike's nickname in college, Angela Danger, After the Snap, Tommy Lowry, Shelby Regal, B. Allison, Scott Bogags. Sean McDade, Austin Dakin, Carrie Russellman, Jocelyn Noyes, Lucy, Matt, Liam Martin, George, Dryden, Jason Gregory, Miriam Flores, Peyton Barr, Chase Amador, Dennis Allen, Cybertard, Trisha Mitchell, Kalina, Renice Medine, Blaine Lundquist, Allison Medikoff, Samantha, Mark Powers, Shane Alkin, Aaron Krebs, Angie Thompson, Jess Voorhees. Thank you very much. If I fucked up your name, please get back to me. I will make it right. Uh, that is a lot of names I had to read. That's so. uh, Jason's brother, Jess yeah. Voorhees. I think so. Her sister. Her brother drowned in the lake, um, like <laughs> 1980, Camp Crystal Lake. And now she's supporting podcasts. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate Thank you very it. much. Ian, what child she got for us? Sorry, your mom got her head cut off in 1980 at the Camp Crystal, Camp Blood. Ouch. (laughs) 
for iTunes. I have one for Jordan with an I, Jam Jam 1016, Ginger CB 47, Biking Zach, Shell Bell 87, Fire Lizard 420, Nismo Slider, JS California, Dr. Allen 77, VCJW, Regan Us Awesome, Lulu KC, Morbid Mandy, Jimmy Zach 208, and Holly Marie G420. Thanks, guys, for the awesome reviews. God damn, that was a good amount of people. Yeah. Hot Nam. Good stuff. All right. Uh, I think we checked in. Dave, you got anything else you got off your chest? No. You good? I, I, I think I'm okay. You good? Yeah. I, I'm hoping to you get ab- abducted by okay? aliens tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling doing, okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right. Just getting ready to celebrate this July 4th uh, holiday weekend. It's all about America. You and me both. All right. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Necronomapod. You can also buy our stickers and find us at Necronomapod.com. We are also at Patreon.com slash Necronomapod if you are interested in three bonus episodes a month and possibly access to our Discord. So... Check us out if you're interested. We love hearing back from you guys, and uh, we appreciate all the feedback that we get. See you next week. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.